basically they fly around the Sears Tower, out over Lake Michigan, and then back over to the city, and you get this bird's eye view of Chicago, and it's beautiful. It's incredible. When you fly into L.A., when you fly into Sydney, when you fly into these cities, you see these amazing places. And I'm flying to Vicksburg, Mississippi, and all I see is freaking trees everywhere. And I'm like, where's the city? Where's the buildings? Where's the town? Where is all? All I see is trees and trees and trees and trees and trees and trees and trees. I remember that Saturday night. Me and Jess, like, we haven't even gone to church yet on Sunday morning. And I, and I told Jess, I said, listen to me. I said, I am not taking this job. I don't care how much money they throw at me. I am not taking this job. I am not living here. I remember I couldn't understand half the words they said. They were so southern. I mean, it was just so, I mean, I was just like, sure, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground and dies in this world. See, Mississippi was this two-year place that God goes, I just want you to go die to yourself. You think you know it all. You think you know it better than I do. I need you to go die. It goes on to say this. It's never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it's buried, I don't know where we got this thought that as Jesus, as our example, that we weren't going to have to die to some things just like he dies. He's the perception. He's our perspective in life. So he dies. He's buried. Okay. But then it says this. It sprouts. And it reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. Jesus is making it very clear that time is up. I think sometimes that we need to come to a place in our life where we go, time's up. Time's up on some old ways of thinking. Time's up on some old habits. Time's up on some old ways that I used to function. Time's up in the way that I used to manage my marriage this way. Or I used to manage my kids this way. Or I used to go into work with this attitude. Or I used to drive my car this way. Or I used to do this this way. Sometimes there's a place and a time where the Spirit of the Lord says, guess what? Time's up. Time's up. I remember I was working um, at a church. And I had a boss. And if I'm honest with you, I hated him. He made me do insane things. Every morning, I started my day with him, 8 o'clock in the morning in his office. Every day, I finished my day with him, 4.30 in the afternoon. We met every morning. We met every night, every single day. He would make me take uh, a running log of how I spent every single day and how much time I spent on everything I did. I would write things like, I pooped for 
30 seconds, you know what I mean, or 24 seconds, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is every day of my life. We would go over what we called the project plan, the things that I had to do that day. And we would go over every single thing on the project plan. And the project plan was most of the time four or five pages. And this is how we spent 8 a.m. every single day. And then at the end of the day, at 4.30, we would sit down and go over the project plan again and go over all the things that I got done and go over all the things that were still to come every single day. And at 4.30, we would go over my timesheet, how I spent every single minute of my day. And I did this for year after year after year. Needless to say, I was pretty frustrated. Needless to say, all I wanted to do was go into work and be like, you know what I mean? Like, I am done. I am done with you. You are insane. It was literally like a thorn in my flesh every single day. I hated my life. I hated my job. I'll never forget... night in my living room and I'm just freaking out to the Lord it's probably two in the morning you ever have those moments where you just freak out to the Lord all the filters come off you don't say things correctly to the Lord and I just vomit to the Lord and I remember I'm in my living room and I'm just I'm like and I go God what do you want and God said, I want you to honor him. I want you to love him. I want you to serve him. I want you to be faithful to him. Everything he asks you to do, I want you to do it ten times better than he's told you to do it. I want you to honor him like you would honor me. I want you to go to work tomorrow, and I want you to act like it's me sitting across the table. I did it for two years. And God supernaturally healed that relationship. A man that I hated and despised became one of the closest people in my life. And the reality was, until I honored him and loved him and respected him, I never got what God wanted me to get from him. Because there was a bunch of things that I needed from him. There was a things that he possessed that I didn't possess. And he had ways of helping to take the vision that was in my heart and actually make it happen. I needed him. I remember a couple years later, my, my next job, I, I moved to Dayton, Ohio, working at a wonderful church called Living Word Church. And, and I worked for a great pastor named Pastor Pat Murray. Love him, still see him, pray for that church all the time. I remember when I first got there, I was praying, Lord, you know, I knew that I was taking over to youth ministry, and I knew that I was, 
you know, doing some different things in kids. But I said, Lord, I said, what do you, what, what's something you would want me to do? And he said, go ask Pastor Pat what he needs help with. And so I went to his office, said, Pastor Pat, I just want to know, is there anything that's a burden to you that you really need help with? And he said, yeah. He goes, I really need help with the men's breakfast, okay? Now, you say men's breakfast to me in church, and I want to stab myself, okay? I promise you, all right? I promise you there will never be a men's breakfast in the history of Elevate Church ever. <laughs> promise you promise you, okay? I don't care how much money you give to the church. We are not having a men's breakfast, okay? He said, I need help with the men's breakfast. And I said, okay, that's awesome, you know? And then he said, he said we're, we're going to do this, this new thing with this new movie that came out. It's called, I think it was called Courageous. It's like one of those Jesus movies. Like, I'm a pastor saying it's one of those Jesus movies, you know what I mean? Okay, I'm sorry, I don't watch Jesus movies, let's be honest with you, okay? So he goes, he goes, I need you to take this movie and I need you to cut up the video clips for me every single weekend. And I was like, okay, you know what I mean? And, and he's like, I need you to show up at like 6 o'clock in the morning and I need you to hook up like mics and cords and get the video and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah. Whatever you hate, that's my job. Whatever you despise to do, I'm going to make sure that it's done. Because my job is to serve the kingdom. And I have to learn, just like we all have to learn, how to be faithful in another man's work. God had put me under, Pastor Pat, to learn how to what? Be faithful. I'm sorry, we don't have a faithful church in 2017. We have a spoiled, bratty church in 2017 that goes, if I don't get what I want, when I want, I'm not coming to your church, and I'm going to go find another church. Remember when we moved to Cincinnati? I've told this story before. We had no money. I mean, gosh, I should have put it on the screen. I have this picture in my phone that I've kept forever. I literally had $5 in my bank account, okay, $5, okay. And I'm a dad, and I have a wife, and I have kids, and I have, like, no money. And we're starting a church, and we have no money. And I remember I was praying one day, and I said, Lord, I said, what do you want in this season? What do you need from me in this season? And I thought that the Lord was going to come back and be like, hey, I need you to study. 
I need you to, like, you know, really get into the word. I need you to start writing messages. I need you to start preparing, you know, to speak. I need you to start putting videos together. I'm, I'm thinking like God is going to start leading me to things that have to do with the church that we're starting. I thought that like, you know, do you ever pray? You're like, God, what do you want? But you're really like, I know what you want. And I'm just kind of asking you to confirm what I want and what I want to do. And that's really why I'm asking you, God. But I asked the Lord and the Lord came back and he said, I want you to give, I want you to tithe, but I want you to tithe double. And I was like, come again? <laughs> I mean, you are God. You can see it all. You do see my bank account right now. And the Lord starts speaking to me about seeing seeing the kingdom. See, I learned the tithe, but beyond the tithe, you know, that was mine. And now God's coming after what is mine. I had already settled it in my heart that the tenth was his. But now he's coming after what is mine. But he starts breaking my heart for what? Things like tonight. And so, you know, I've never really told this part of the story. For a lot of you, you know, we, we started refinishing furniture and doing tables to make a living, to make an income. And I remember the Lord was so clear with me. He was like, you're going to have to do double the tables to do double the tithe that I want you to give. It's already hard enough. And God's asking for more. Remember when me and Jess were young youth pastors, we went, I don't know why we did this. This is a terrible decision. We went, I mean, just terrible. We were youth pastors, and a bunch of the kids in the youth group were like, let's go see the movie Saw. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. Sounds like a good night. You know what I mean? We're like in the movie, and I'm like, I'm like ready to throw up, you know, me and my queasiness, you know, I see blood. I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? It's just like faint. Eighteen years, God's been dealing with me about things I watch. What is God doing? He's growing me up. He's growing me into a man of God. He's growing me into somebody that looks like him. Not perfect. So far from it. I would be embarrassed if I had my failures on the screen because there's lots of them. But there's times where God goes, time's up. Time's up on that old way of thinking. Time's up. Your money isn't your money. Your money represents the kingdom of God. 
Your money represents your children's futures in the kingdom of God. Time's up. You can't not not serve. You better get serving. Time's up on those old ways of thinking. Time's up on those old ways of taking in certain media and certain things. Time's up. We got to move on. We got to get focused. We got to hear from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We got to tune in the Holy Spirit. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, this is law and this is religion. No, it's not. Grace empowers me to become more like Jesus. Grace doesn't leave me to wallow in my sin. Grace empowers to become just like my dad. So if my dad is a giver, then I'm a giver. If my dad is a server, I'm a server. If my dad wouldn't watch that, then I wouldn't watch that. If my dad wants me to honor, then I'm going to honor. Because I want to be like him. That's the goal. The goal is not to be a Christian. The goal is to follow Jesus, and where he goes, you go. You follow him. So what do you need to say? This time's up. What are the things in your heart of hearts you know the Holy Spirit is tugging at you? You have no peace. You can't run from it anymore because the Holy Spirit goes, I need it. I need it. See, everybody has this perspective that the church grows because of me and Jess. No, the church grows because we have grown up believers in the church. The church grows because we have people that go, we will link arms with you, Jeff and Jess. We will have your back, and we will have not your back, but the king of kings back. And we will serve, and we will give, and we will give when we don't want to give, and we'll serve when we don't want to serve, and we'll be faithful, and we'll grow up spiritually so that when new people come to their church, they can see what an example of a victorious Christian looks like. That's how the church grows. People grow spiritually. They have to grow their spiritual muscles. And sometimes God is going, I need to work you out. Listen, you don't get in shape sitting at home. You get in shape because you get in your car and you go to the gym and you go on a stinking treadmill that is not fun. Whoever came up with the idea of a treadmill is a sick human being, I promise you, okay? But you get on it. Why? Because you know it's good for you. You know it's going to help you get in shape. You know it's going to help build muscle. You know it's good. Spirit of God. He needs you. Verse 24 and 25 says, the same way anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys life, destroys that life. Jesus is calling you to live open-handed.
couple months ago, I was in my closet. And the Lord starts going, take that off, take that off, take that off, take that off, take those shoes, take this, take this, take this. And, and I just made a big pile in my room. And he goes, I want you to give this to this person. I live open-handed. It's not mine. I'm just a steward. That's all I'm doing. My time isn't mine. My money's not mine. The things I possess are not mine. They're all Jesus. All I'm doing is stewarding what God has brought into my life. I live open-handed. A lot of you know this. I love Christmas. Just look at my Instagram. I mean, like, it's like three months before Christmas. And I'm like, it's Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, we were playing Christmas music at our house. We have a Christmas calendar up at our house already, counting down the days. Okay, I love me some Christmas. And if you don't like Christmas, I'm sorry. We will pray for you later, okay? All right? I remember growing up. The day after Halloween, my mom would take out all the Christmas stuff. I mean, it was like it was like 1201 November 1st, you know what I mean? It is like, boys, get the Christmas stuff out, okay? We're decorating, I promise you, okay? I come home, I told Jess this, I would come home every day from school. There would be a Yankee Christmas candle lit every single day. The house smelled like Christmas, okay? I would come home, and there would be, oh, man, Nat King Cole. Come on, give it up some Nat King Cole, okay? Nat King Cole, Christmas is plain. Love me some Christmas. Now, I remember very, very vividly this, this Christmas after my grandpa passed away. My grandpa passed away. I'm living with my grandma. And we have no money. I mean, like we're trying to keep the lights on, no money. We got the house decorated for Christmas. And every day I'm thinking, is there going to be Christmas presents this year under the tree? Because isn't that what you think about when you're a kid? You're like, when is Santa coming? When are the presents coming? It's Christmas Eve and there's no presents. I'll never forget the doorbell rang. My Uncle Richard is standing there. And he's got two of the biggest bags I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, Uncle Richard, you know, give him a hug. He comes on in. He goes, it's Christmas time. And he busts out all these presents. 
All these presents. And I'm opening up all these presents, and, and finally there's this present. It's just like, I open it up, it's a Chicago Bulls, like, half zip-up jacket. If you grew up in the 90s, man, like, that was where it was at. This thing was like, I remember it was like 75 bucks, and man, in the 90s, $75 was like, you know, die and go to heaven, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had seen it, but I, I felt so, I felt so bad for my grandma, I wouldn't tell her that's what I wanted. God knew I wanted that. And I opened it up and it was just like, like God pouring out his goodness and him going, I know everything. I know it all. I just need you to trust me. Because I got it all taken care of. We don't grow up spiritually because we don't want to trust God. We want to preserve things the way they are. Because we're like, well, wonder if it doesn't work. Wonder if there is no Christmas. Wonder if God doesn't show up and come through. Wonder if it doesn't work. I can tell you from a 12, a 12 year old boy that was staring at that jacket, and God was the only person that knew. He has proven to me over and over and over and over again. I am so good. And I will take good care of you. But I'm going to dig some stuff out of you so that you can be really valuable to my kingdom. And I can use your life in incredible ways. So this is what I want to do, okay? I gave you journals, right? You got your journals? Yeah? Take out your journals. Okay? That's my man right there. I mean, seriously, he is my man. <laughs> Probably, yeah, I love it, okay? Pull out your journal. Adam, can you go get journals if people don't have them? Okay? Pull out your journal. Pull out a, who needs a pen? Anybody need a pen? Pen, something? They'll go get stuff, okay? Uh, Evan, go turn that music on for me. Here's what happens in church all the time. We have these worship times, and then somebody speaks, and then we just kind of go, all right, see you later. We got to get to the Cracker Barrel. I don't even know there's a Cracker Barrel around here, okay? I'll be honest with you. That's just what church people eat. They just go Cracker Barrel all the time. 
But we never take the time to process with the Holy Spirit. Just keep that music really low. And ask questions. Like, God, what do you want right now? Like, God, like, all right, Lord, what are you saying is time's up in my life? What do I need to walk away from? What, what good things that are good things that I like, but I, it's time's up. I need to walk away from that. I need to walk away from that attitude. I need to walk away from that perspective. I need to walk away. Start asking the Lord. I promise you, he'll speak to you. So I gave you a journal. You can write it down. You can write down what God's speaking to you. You can write down. You can ask the Lord, God, by the Spirit of the Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me about my wife? What are you saying to me about my husband? What are you saying about my future spouse? A lot of single people in here. Y'all need to get together tonight. I promise you, okay? Listen, y'all just need to get together, go eat, okay? Listen, do not be, when the Bible says humble yourself, humble yourself. Be like, hi, my name is such and such, okay? And I am super single, okay? Just be honest, all right? But what is, what is the Lord saying to you about things that you need to get right in your heart before that spouse comes? What's the Lord saying to you about your job? What's the Lord saying to you about your children? What is the Lord saying to you about your position in Elevate Church? Just write. Spend time with the Lord. Write. Turn that up a little bit.
riding, keep riding. If, you, if you're not riding, why don't you stand up with us? We're going to worship. If you're riding, though, just keep riding. You know, I said this on Sunday, and um, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to just repeat this again. You know, a lot of times in life when we feel like the Lord is leading us to some areas of obedience that's going to cost something. Because remember, it, when the Lord asks you to do something, it's costing you something. It's costing you to humble yourself to the Lord. And I think sometimes when this happens, we have this feeling like it's just so overwhelming. Like how could I ever get to the other side? How could I ever climb that mountain? How could I ever get to that place that God's taking me? That's the that's what the enemy comes in when, with in real quick. All your thoughts shift to okay. I know God's asking me to do this. I know God's wanting me to do this, but how how am I going to get there? Because it just feels so overwhelming. And I said this on Sunday, and I don't know, maybe he's in here. He's probably not. You guys see the little boy walking around here tonight with a little camera. That's, that's my son, Ben, okay? He wanted a video camera for his birthday, okay? Let's give it up for that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Future, future video guy of Elevate Church, okay? I promise you, okay? Someday he's going to make amazing videos for Elevate Church. But the other day, we told Ben to do something. And Ben is, I mean, me and Ben are like the same person, like, if I'm not interested in this conversation that you're having with me, I promise you about 20 seconds later, I'm like, what's, what's next? Okay. You know what I mean? I promise you holding my attention is the hardest thing ever in life. Okay. I promise you like there has to be like fireworks. Okay. Okay. And Ben is kind of the same way. So when we ask Ben to do something, typically Ben is thinking about something else in life. Okay. He's thinking about somewhere else, you know, something going on. Okay. And it will typically take us, you know, like, Ben. Ben. Hey, Ben. You know what I mean? Like, and we get his attention, and, and he'll do it. But this other day, we said, hey, Ben, can you go and I think it was, oh, uh, we said, go and find Luke's shoes, okay? Because isn't that the hardest thing in the world when you're a parent to find kids' shoes, okay? I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's like a demon that hides them, okay? I promise you, okay? So we're like, go and find Ben or Luke's shoes. And Ben went right away, and he found Luke's shoes, and he came, and he brought them. And we were like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much, Ben. That is amazing. You did such a great job. And it was just such a small little moment of obedience. But it just blessed our hearts so much. And the reality is, 
God's doing the same thing with you tonight. He's like, listen, can you just give me a little step of obedience, okay? And I promise you, I'll celebrate you. I promise you, I will pour out my goodness upon you. I promise you that I will make sure that you know that I am well pleased with you in this step of obedience. Promise you. Because that's how our God is. He's way better than you think. He's way better. You need to beat that into your mind. He's way better than you think. You think you know God. You think you know his goodness. You think you know his grace. You think you know his righteousness. You think you know him, but he's way better. And when you step out, he goes, hey, I got you. Amen? Amen. Would you close your eyes? Let's worship the Lord tonight. Come on. Come on. Let's worship Jesus. Jesus, we praise you.